0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Andrew. Yes? I've got a message for you. Oh, good. Have you Who's heard it? about microdosing? Uh, I've heard about it a little bit. It's something... Get, oh, I get, get it. Yeah, I, that's A funny. little bit. Mm-hmm. It's something that many folks use to relax, to get into a focused headspace, or even get a little energized. <laughs> But the real message <laughs> is that our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, which deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good.
0: Andrew, you like yes. to feel the right amount of good. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I will say you take one of these, boys, and you are going to feel nice for an evening. That has been my experience.
1: I know folks who use uh, who Microdose as a way to like relax at the end of the day. Um, sounds like maybe that worked for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, folks who just kind of need A little extra something to unwind At the end of the day uh, And then they can you know go about their evening As they choose mm-hmm. uh, Microdose is available nationwide and To learn more about Microdosing THC Go to Microdose.com and use the code Overdue to get free shipping And 30% off your first order Links can be found In the show description But again, that's Microdose.com And the offer code is Overdue mm-hmm. going to overdo It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig.
0: My name is Andrew. The I've taken Henry to the hardware store. Like, this is going to be one of those old old school throwback intros where we just talk about like a thing that hey, happened. Hey, I love him, man. Uh, and a couple weekends in a row he fell in the parking lot and skinned his knees like, you know, little kids like do. Like a kid and does. Then, and then the next time I took him... In uh, the last two times I've taken him, actually, the first thing he said to me when we've parked in the parking lot is, I don't want any new boo-boos today.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Does he save that for the car, or is he, like, telling people in the hardware store? No, he's ju-
0: it's just a thing he says to me and to himself, like, as we psych ourselves up to get out of yes. the car and go focus into the focus up. Store. Let's huddle in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're just going to talk
1: about our game. Plan. Like this is
0: this is the secret. This is my well. I mean, I guess it's the opposite of the secret because what he's actually saying is, I want more boo boos. But well, hmm. he's trying to you know set. He's trying to level set for our hardware store trip. That's smart. I would man. Like to I would like to not get boo boos today. Hey. I would like to buy the right kind of polyurethane for my chair refinishing project. Like we just have goals that we want to accomplish when we go to the store. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad mm-hmm. that you have goals yeah it's good to have goals he seems other to, goals <laughs> wait go ahead i was just gonna ask <laughs> he seems to, to like the hardware store <laughs> he loves the hardware store he thinks it's great lots of stuff to look at
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think i look at the plants simon. likes to look at the lumber
1: we're gonna we're listen we're gonna mm-hmm. talk about marcus zuzak's i am the messenger i have ever taken simon to the hardware store i have ever taken him to the grocery store mm-hmm. he loves to make friends
0: Loves to. I mean, I mean, he's a very cute baby, and there, there are that people will just come up to you and start talking to you about your kid. Really will, and usually it's fine. Sometimes it's a lot, and you know, some of us who are kind of maybe a little anxious, like as as people, just just dispositionally, you we we roll with that energy the best we can.
1: We were trying to get on a bus a few weeks ago. Guy saw us pushing Simon in the stroller, and he goes, "How old's he?" And I was like, I told him, and he's like. He's a healthy guy. <laughs>
0: what? And it's like okay. a lady told me last. A lady asked me last week if they sold children at the grocery store. What? One, just wondering if she could get one like mine that I had. And I no. said no. I brought this one from home. This is a short story <laughs> that
1: we're gonna read in Spooktober. This is awful. <laughs>
0: No. So yeah, I did have a lady just casually ask me about child trafficking at the Acme. Come the on. <laughs> well, I'm, trying, uh, to, I'm so- trying to come up
1: with a with an acronym for Acme that applies to this story, and it's. I mean,
0: Acme has an M in it, and M is for messenger. Mm. If you s- scramble the letters in Acme, you get E M messenger which is pretty close to the name of the book that you read th- you're totally
1: week. right <laughs> so I
0: read the book this week on our book podcast where one of us ek, ek, a mess ek, go ahead anyway
1: <laughs> at least one of us reads a book and tells at least the other person about it uh, and this week I read Marcus Zuzak's the messenger or the messenger slash I am the messenger uh, I believe the original Australian title was the messenger I didn't find yes. anything on why. They used a different title in like the UK slash
0: America. I think it just—I guess it just sounds more <laughs> definitive to say I—I I am the messenger. Weird. Okay. You know, you know what you're getting. I mean, I didn't—I didn't find a reason.
1: Okay. for Okay. It's it. possible that there was like a copyright thing. I don't know.
0: There might be a copyright thing. Like maybe they had to get in a fight with like AOL Instant Messenger, and they didn't want to <laughs> get confused. They wanted to be like a—they didn't want it to be interpreted as a guide for how to use AIM. I did have a this shower thought. In, 2002 I,
1: would, yeah. I had a shower thought that i would come up with aim jokes for this episode and that's mm-hmm. as far as i got and you never did yeah. i didn't i was too busy reading the book itself actually <laughs> um we did so, cover yeah. mm-hmm. zuzak's uh other like this his this is i don't think that this is
0: his most famous work it's probably his third most famous work this is the book where everybody read the book thief and i was like i love the book thief where can i find more and then they went back and they found this one like especially to hear him tell it like i read this long interview with him in the guardian yeah about the tv show that this book is being turned into and has been it, turned into yeah has been turned into it came out in may um and yeah i think this was this was the book people read when they wanted to, <laughs> wanted more from the guy who wrote the book the <laughs>
1: yeah i i found another quote where he or, I don't know if it was that interview or a different one where he expressed anxiety about, like, I'm not sure how widely published it was prior to the book Thief. Because this book comes out in 2002. Book Thief is 2005. And it's this, like, ginormous success, international mm-hmm. claim. I like that book a lot. Episode 276. Go back and listen. Yeah. Um, but he he did express some concern that it would get like published in the UK as like book thief 2 like it would just uh-huh. be that again and it's funny because his first 3 books uh from 99 to 2001 are people were have like lovingly referred to him as kind of an Australian John Green like uh uh-huh. teenage uh boys going through things hard on your sleeve kind of stuff and he yeah. you know he seems to wear that kind of comfortably but then he writes this like then he writes messenger which is kind of you can see it coming out of that uh but then he writes book thief and everyone's like oh wow you wrote this really interesting inventive gripping world war 2 nazi holocaust novel Narrated uh, by Death, as and, I recall. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he wrote all he wrote a bunch of like teen books. So I don't know. Um, I
0: mean, when you say he's written a bunch of books, he hasn't actually it, written that many. He's like because he's written six, like six, right? six books. Yeah, his first three were The Underdog, and then its sequels, Fighting Ruben Wolf in two thousand, and When Dogs Cry in two thousand one. Then, uh, the Messenger comes out in two thousand two. Book Thief comes out in 2005. His next book, Bridge of Clay, which I think came out, has come out since we recorded our first episode about him. Um, It was published in 2018. (laughs) Yeah. And he was working on it as early as 2008. So like it took him, it took him a minute and he seems like he talks about going back to read the messenger as part of like adapting it for, for television and says, uh, he, the, the guardian piece says he saw glimpses of his 20 something self self an ambitious writer, completely free from the world's expectations. Then he says, quote, I was young. I didn't really know what I was doing. It, it's, it is just not as worked on as my other books. The book thief was a tremendous effort to write, but it appears to have been effortless. Bridge of clay was a tremendous effort to write, but you can feel that effort in every sentence. Oh boy. Uh, with the messenger, if there's a blue carpet on the floor, it's just blue carpet. I was less concerned with detail and I should be like that more. Uh, Steven Spielberg watches his first film duel every year or two to remind himself what he was like. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's good to be reminded of what got you to this point. Yeah. So that's, that's some interesting like self-reflection from a guy who worked on a book for 10 years and then have it, had it come out to like lukewarm reviews and like a fraction of a fraction of the sales of his biggest book. Yeah. And just be haunted by that thing.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he talks uh, about the mess the messenger tv show being made in australia which is very important to him the book thief was like, a like Hollywood, bluey. like bluey yeah yeah um our the other main <laughs> australian export at this point mm-hmm. um and because okay f- i was reading this book i had c- not, I, I, well i should hope so <laughs> i had done that thing where i like Deliberately didn't read anything about it. I was just, I did whatever Googling was necessary to make sure I was reading the correct book because I did get confused by the titling. And then I just started reading it. In the first few pages, somebody uses the word bloke. And then I also didn't remember anything about Marcus Zuzak. So I <laughs> spent a, a portion of this book
0: thinking I was in the British Isles. Mm-hmm. And then did, how long until somebody talked about like a dingo or something? Like, when, uh, what, what gave it away? It like, was, was there when, boomerangs or kangaroos or
1: what are we talking It was about? when it was clearly November or December and we were talking about how hot it was and it was summer. Oh, uh, and okay. not just and this, that, this, not and climate this, change, but Right. Like, no, that this it came out summer.
0: in 2002 and not 2023. So. Yeah. That helps set it in time. Okay, I got and, it.
1: And I was just like, oh, that's, oh, whoops, whoopsie doodle. But the the thing in that interview that he mentions where it's just not as worked on, like the book takes place in kind of a, like a an outer suburb, I think is a word that he uses at one point in kind of a low, you know, rundown town outside of a city. People just refer to the city uh, as a place that people in their town go to work. Um, and it's very non-specific so like I would like to just say that the book did not say welcome to Australia here is the exact town we're in here's the culture of that place it was just like ah' some like 19 year olds living somewhere it's
0: the wrong side of the tracks uh and I was like i mean you probably probably you wouldn't if you were a young writer and if you're writing your main character, you're probably not inclined to be like, to, to have him think on the first couple pages, man, it sure is neat to live here in Australia. No, it's true.
1: <laughs> you're right. That's very true.
0: Or maybe like alternately, you could do it like you do when you are. I just started reading a fantasy novel for the show. Yeah, you could do it like when you're writing a fantasy novel, and like every parag- every paragraph at the beginning is just like loaded with all this like world building yes. context. Ooh, stuff yes, that you could
1: think. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not in this book. This book is deliberately pretty spare, um, and I think mostly it it works to what the book is up to. But okay. um, I do want to mention the book was. It received um, the Michael L. Prince honor. It did not win the award. It was like in the shortlist for that award. We've read a couple other books that have uh, either won or been listed there. I think Looking for Alaska was one and a Mm -hmm. few others. So Um, just like objectively
0: better than this book is what that means, right?
1: Uh, in a, specifically <laughs> because in, they won
0: and they won an award that this book didn't win, so
1: yeah, it's it's an ALA award for for YA books, and yes, so Looking for Alaska did win the award in a different mm-hmm. year. So guess, it's better. Well, yeah, it's be- <laughs> it's probably better. They weren't in the same year, so you can't compare mm-hmm. them like one to one. But like if you zoom out, it's probably just like a little bit better. I don't know. I, I just
0: I'm just saying if John Green met Marcus Zusak. At like a book conference, yeah. and it's like, oh, you're Australian, John Green. I'm John Green. I'm like, and and here, and then he pulls out from his shirt the medal that he wears around for the award that he won for his. Oh book no! And shows it to him, and it, it did win
1: a couple other like you know Children's Book Council of the Year awards in Australia and stuff. And he is this interesting author. I don't remember how much we talked about this on the on the Book Thief episode where like his work kind of straddles a line between what is traditionally marketed as YA fiction and like yeah, adult I think it was
0: fiction. published in Australia as a book for adults in internationally, or at least in the U.S. as a YA book was mm-hmm. my understanding of it. Um, so some some of that is like what, you know, his international publishers are choosing to do when they yeah. repackage the book to sell it somewhere else. Yep,
1: yep, yep. And so this book has some stuff that I would, you know, you might find in a YA novel, you might not, depending on what, you know, you think you're comfortable with. It feels. What if train spotting was about nice people, mm-hmm. and they weren't in like mess. smack addicts, or and, whatever. yeah, and they weren't like <laughs> yeah. addicted to drugs and didn't have to deal with that
0: because if you say what if the people in Train Spotting weren't addicted to drugs and to me that's that that like, book it is, doesn't happen. It's anymore, hard yeah. to remove that element from the book and still have it be like recognizably anything. <laughs> I
1: think it was that Guardian interview. He said um, no one will ever say I'm a bit embarrassed about loving Train Spotting, but they might say I'm a bit embarrassed about loving the Notebook. Uh, checking Nicholas Sparks, but for whatever reason, we're often embarrassed about loving something that is going into the softer side of ourselves. The Messenger certainly does that but I'd rather be an open book and just show who I am. Yeah. That's, I like that. That's where the train spotting comparison comes from. Cause it is kind of like, here's four friends there. Some of them are kind of aimless and listless. And that's sort of the point, but it is a book that is being like positive. It's, being posy, you know, when people say like be posy. <laughs> sure, you know,
0: posy. Yeah, people say that all the time to me. all always. And not, and not
1: to say that everything works out well for everyone in this book, but it is a book about being posy.
0: It's yeah, when I was reading about, especially when I read that quote from him in that interview, I became glad that you read this instead mm. of me reading it, not just because I think you are going to be a more effective like vessel for conveying oh, what this book is about, and and you're going to spend less time uh, sort of you know, whining about the the earnestness of it.
1: It's possible as as, so,
0: as you know, if somebody else read it, it's somebody you know. else who came on our show, S- some some other person. Yeah, you know.
1: if we had a guest on, I do need to mm-hmm. say also before we take our break that this was a Patreon recommendation from Nicholas using our old. Patreon rec system. Thank you. Nicholas, Nicholas Sparks. Uh, I don't think mm? <laughs> don't think it was Nicholas Sparks, but I can't prove that. Mm-hmm. Um Nicholas said, My fiance, I believe they are now married.
0: Uh <laughs> to your show got
1: married and divorced since the no, we- no. I think I think uh <laughs> his partner actually commented saying this was the book that he recommended for me uh when we put it on the schedule. Um, listen to your show religiously for a very long time. We have come to some of your live shows we remember we used to do live shows, Andrew jeez, yeah, I mean, I would yes, yes, maybe we'll do them again. who
0: knows um I would, would like I would like to. But there's a whole bunch of like effort I need to expend to make that happen. Yeah. That is that, and the stars have not aligned at this point.
1: <laughs> uh, you guys mean a lot to her, and I want to do something special for her birthday. I would like to request her favorite book of all time, another Marcus Zuzak book. I am the messenger for. I believe this was a July birthday, so happy belated birthday to Nicholas's partner.
0: Um, so we're going to talk about this book. Yeah, I hope you are an effective messenger for the story. I'll try to be. Websites. You've heard of them, right? I go to them most days. Most days. All right. Well, you know what websites are basically. It's just like messengers for brands and individuals and all kinds of different entities. But I that's what I've always said. If I were going
1: to deliver a message Mm -hmm. through the medium of websites, Mm -hmm. I would need
0: help. You would need help. You well luckily for you, you you idiot. Yeah. There's one website that makes making a website so easy that even Craig could do it. And that's they have that on they that's the tagline actually for the ad copy. It's so easy even Craig could do it. Squarespace which this podcast is brought to you by. It's a website that helps you make websites. They give you easy to use drag and drop tools, beautiful templates, twenty four seven customer support, and all kinds of other things that you need to make a nice looking and nice working website that conveys the information that you want it to convey. And isn't that all we're trying to do out here? Any of us? We're all just trying to connect through
1: digital infrastructure like websites. And yeah, I am excited to SS. learn more about
0: squarespace and how they can make it better for me let me me tell you about some of the features here it comes down the water slide it's the fluid engine it's a next generation it's a next generation website design system from squarespace it's never been easier craig never has it been easier in human history for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity Start with a best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. They also have powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. Categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Squarespace also has analytics you can use to grow your business, learn where your site visits and sales are coming from, and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. If any of this sounds good to you, and I know that it does, mm. and I'm I'm talking to you specifically, Craig. If this Great. sounds good to you, it Craig, does. go to Squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So easy, I could do it. playing cards, Andrew. Dep- I mean it depends on the game. Like uh Go Fish an Old Maid, like uh, an Uno if I know the rules, a Euchre. Euchre I actually you like, like a lot. Euchre. I just ever since I was a high schooler in the Midwestern band room, it's been hard for me to find another three people in a room who want to play Euchre with me. <laughs> There's but a- anyway, if I know the rules, I think it's great. If I don't know the rules and I'm bad at it, I hate it. That's yeah,
1: that's I, I, I sort of feel the same way, but I don't like playing card games I don't know well with people who know the card game very, very well. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is not a fun time. Um, I bring that up because the characters in this book play a game called Annoyance that I tried to look up and it just led me to... Uh, a wikipedia article about a card game called Mao, which sort of sounds like uno or crazy eights so like some sort of get rid of your cards sort of game okay um, i mean did
0: you did you consider using the australian google or australian wikipedia i to look it up
1: you know i should have the internet pipes spin the other way on that one right Is that, how <laughs> yeah, that works. Right. <laughs> yeah cor blimey um no that's wrong uh, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> uh, uh crikey the internet yeah, spinning the other way. The the, yeah. the loading circle
0: spins the other way. <laughs> the loading um, circle does spin the other way in Australia.
1: <laughs> but they uh, the the four main characters in this book. Well, there's a main character. He has three friends. There's you know whatever. Um, they play a game called annoyance. And then the structure of the book is based around four aces, one of each suit. Uh, as well as a joker card mm-hmm. that shows up at the end
0: not that Joker twisted just no so it doesn't it doesn't get twisted it well the book gets a little twisted at the end right, so just like the joker not
1: yeah just like the joker mm-hmm. um how do you think he got those scars but mm-hmm. uh yeah the book kind of hinges on our main character ed getting a series of playing cards anonymously sent to him that send him on his journey. So I just want to know how you felt about playing cards because that is like you know, it's it doesn't factor he's not like playing cards to like solve the mysteries, but for whatever reason, cards are at the heart of this book.
0: I really like I mean, I I kind of wish I had more occasions to play cards because I like the the sort of non-standards novelty card sets that we mm-hmm. have like I think we have a Super Mario Brothers deck of, oh, yeah. of cards like I would own a lot more of those if they got more usage around here cuz I think that a deck of cards is really fun as like a compact practical thing that also is like it's not like art but it's also like a visual yeah like statement in, in a neat. way I don't know I like them I like yeah. I like playing cards as an item as yeah as things
1: in my in a high school play that i was in the spoon river anthology by edgar lee masters one of my first i, I played multiple characters who each had different monologues and one of them <laughs> um they i i had a prop that was just a deck of playing cards mm-hmm. and i would just kind of like shuffled it like as i was like walking around doing my little speech mm-hmm. and i think i still have that deck somewhere like i did yeah. i just kept it because i like That that show was very important to me, and I just kind of liked having that little deck of cards. It was a nice little totem. (laughs) Um, So now I'm realizing that I kind of like the whole playing cards motif in this book, I guess.
0: Huh, huh. Cool, cool to realize that you like a book more as we talk about it, and not like slammed. Wow, (laughs) 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 as we come, you you like it. I had to post a notes app apology and
1: everything. Anyway, (laughs) this book. um, So the main character is Ed Kennedy. Uh, who introduces himself? My full name's Ed Kennedy. I'm 19. I'm an underage cab driver. I'm typical of many of the young men you see in this suburban outpost of the city. Not a whole lot of prospects or possibility. That aside, I read more books than I should, and I'm decidedly crap at sac at sex at sex at sex <laughs> and doing my taxes. Nice to meet you.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Ed, and also I'm from Australia. He
1: mm-hmm. Also, he is definitely from Australia, which he. Mm-hmm didn't really mention early enough for me and if he did i missed it um Mm -hmm. so the book has this conversational narrator tone that is present tense ed walking you through the i think like six months that uh, take place in this book ish uh which did remind me of the relationship you have with the narrator in the book thief um in the sense that like this gets weird at the end of the book. We will, by the end of this podcast, spoil the end of I Am the Messenger because I think you need to to talk about what people feel about this book. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, I, I picked that up in, in some of the things that I read about people who read it. Yeah, it does It's weird that it's six months because... 52 weeks in a year I mean I don't know How many weeks Are in an Australian mm. year But in America <laughs> Here in America There's 52 weeks in a year Yeah And there's 52 cards In a deck And it seems like You could have really... You could have done that Yeah mm-hmm. You could have
1: done that um, It uh, Yeah it has this Kind of twist at the end That makes The Makes Ed is sort of Aware Or references Once or twice The feeling that He's in a story And I don't as I was reading okay. it, as I was reading it, I just chalked it up to like, oh, that's just kind of a, a thing that Zusak's interested in because like the whole point of death being the narrator in Book Thief is that he can kind of, or they, I don't remember that it was gendered, can just kind of jump around and do some kind of nonlinear storytelling or, or zoom in and zoom out. But Ed, the, the book progresses pretty linearly through his life over the events of the book. But he will occasionally just almost turn, you know, I bet you're not quite. I bet you're wondering how I ended up in this position type stuff. Mm -hmm. But he is like kind of cheeky to the, for lack
0: of a better word, camera. He's not like breaking the fourth wall, but it sounds like he's like banging on it sometimes.
1: Yes, there's a there's Mm -hmm. a very um, eventful, there's there's a very like high stress, tense, Scene in the first like third of the book where he's like for you the reader and I don't know that he says reader but he's like for you this is just a few hundred pages in your brain but for me this is like my life and you're like wait do you know you're
0: in a book so he does have a sense of well I mean
1: or are you writing a book like yeah I, that's, like, that's the part like what, where I'm like are yeah. you writing this down like what is happening
0: yeah like who's his who's in his intended audience like is this a thing that's if he is narrating it, then who's who's it being narrated to and yeah. through what medium? I it's unclear. like It's slightly different from like a, a third-person thing where there's some other narrator who's telling you what happens to correct. Ed. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: correct. Um, so anyway, Ed is this slacker who, as he says, he reads a lot. He's a cab driver. His father died a few months ago. Uh, he lives by himself in what he says is like a prefab kind of shack uh with this old dog from their family called the dog's name is the doorman um he's a really old stinky dog who likes to sit by the door so mm-hmm. that's why they call him that
0: okay that's kind of like shades of shades of the cheat i guess if yeah you're thinking a little bit. about other yes. early 2000s things <laughs> like um, like do, does he call him the doorman all the time or is there like a shorthand
1: no that is that is literally right, the calls name calls him the, the door dog. okay
0: so definitely like the cheat
1: yes um Uh, and a few plot points uh hinge on how dang stinky this dog is like it's just Mm. uh, there's another there's a thing that does pretty well with some of these characters where like his friend ed's friend marv has a car that just sucks like it's always broken (laughs) it never starts (laughs) yeah and it's a huge like everyone's like why don't you fix your car like what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it, it causes plot to happen because of how bad the, the car is. Similarly, the doorman is this like super stinky dog mm-hmm. that everybody the minute they see them, they're like, I kind of like this dog, but he smells terrible. Like, what is the deal? <laughs> um, little like kind of memorable stuff like that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got these three friends Marv, whose signature traits are has a crappy car. Uh-huh. works in carpentry and is saving a lot of money. He has like 40K. He still lives with his family. He's like 40K like stashed away. Because all these people are like 19, 19, 20. Uh-huh. Um, so many of them live with their parents still uh that's a ton Ed of money not... to have stashed away to be living with your parents still well that becomes a whole thing the reason okay. he has it stashed away is like a whole but everyone's like why don't you talk about this money you have why don't you buy a new car like what is your? yeah
0: deal? like you you still have a lot of money saved and like yep raise your st- raise your standard of living a little bit correct like <laughs>
1: um and the the arc between Ed and, and Marv in this book is like they are close friends because they've known each other for a long time But as they enter, like, the next phase of their life, like, whether or not they ever say this out loud to each other, they're like, what kind of friends are we going to be moving forward? Like, do we have this, do we share the same, like, do we think the same things are important? Like, what do we even think is important? We're just 19-year-old dudes, like, kind of just drifting through life. Um, Richie is one of the other friends. He's a freeloader. He doesn't have a job. He kind of collects some form of unemployment welfare and then occasionally gambles it and, you know, mooches off his parents. And then Audrey, um the lone girl in the group, she is also a fellow taxi driver who helped Ed get the taxi driver job. And Ed is very like Superman, whatever the Superman is where they put the people in the negative zone, like Ed is in <laughs> the friend zone with Audrey. He loves her. She does not. Do we- Okay.
0: Do we acknowledge the existence of the friend zone on this podcast? Well, in this, like, in
1: in two thousands, like mindset. Okay, that's right what I'm. Sure. I don't. I don't think the friend zone is a place that people can or even should be. I don't recognize
0: I, the sov- so the sovereignty of the correct. Friends.
1: No, it cannot join the UN. No. No. <laughs> um, but in the in the mindset of this book, and certainly thinking back to who I was in two thousand and two. I very much identify with like being a guy in my late teens and like having crushes on people who were just like happy to have me as a friend and not. That's just what such to a that's, it, right? that's such
0: a wild concept to me because it's like you know if this woman gets to know me too well, she'll be she won't be interested in me romantically because she'll have noticed all my red flags. It's so weird. Something like it's not great. It's, the The way it's treated in
1: this book, and I, I do think it is like it has you have to kind of take the book on its own terms with it because it really likes the the author really likes these characters and mm-hmm. so he wants Audrey and Ed to figure their deal out it does have beats where you're just like Ed come on man <laughs> like but Ed's perspective of it is that Audrey someone who has had trouble with men in her life I think even including like her relationship with her dad and she doesn't to hear Ed tell it Audrey doesn't want love with anyone which I think Mm -hmm. he has interpreted from his conversations with her Um, so she just has like relationships where it's mostly just about sex and she has this really good friend Ed closer she's closer to him than to Marvin Richie and the problem for Ed of course is that he's head over heels in love with her um Mm -hmm. So over the course of the book, like Ed will kiss her, kind of out, somewhat out of nowhere, and like breach, you know, whatever they have going on, and then she kind of is like, "It's cool, I get it," but like, no, kind of like that,
0: that type of thing, and happens. that happens because he's in the friend zone, and because, and not, not because she just like is not attracted to him at some like basic it's
1: yeah mm. it's coming out of their closeness and him being lonely and wanting something more and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. ultimately the two of them work out and you can tell that you can see that coming from a mile away Mm -hmm. and i thought it was fine like the things i liked about that book about this book are not that like ed and audrey get together you know yeah, yeah yeah
0: if if whenever you are ready to i feel like we should get yeah we should get into the plot i'm about there through it yeah. before we before we talk about the you know the reviews that have a certain number of stars sure i don't want to say the words cuz if i say the words i have to play the you song you have to get but, the guitar yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, I, I will say that most of the ambivalence really centers around how much you like this character and a lot of how much you like this character has to do with his relationship with the love interest. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, totally. (laughs) mm -hmm.
1: So let me give you the inciting incident of the book. They are in a bank, and this is the origin story of the book, actually, is that Zuzak was in his car with his wife in a 15-minute parking zone eating fish and chips...
0: Now I did read the headline from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation yep. piece about this, and it is one of those headlines where you don't need to click it because it gives the whole story. It away. does. but also, The main character of The Messenger came to Marcus Zuzak while he was eating fish and chips in the car with his wife. Yeah. Says the headline.
1: <laughs> and his wife says, Hey, if you were in that bank, but you're I just
0: I I'm glad that it wasn't like an author is eating fish and chips in the car with his wife. You won't believe what happened next. Like no. it could have been, it could have been, could have been very bad than it was. Anyway, I'm. I don't. Sorry. I've
1: ahead. never eaten fish and chips in a car. I suppose it it's feels possible. like messy.
0: It feels like messy car food. I have not eaten. I've ever eaten fries in a car because I did used to yeah. work at McDonald's, but it's yeah. been a long time.
1: I eat fries in a car.
0: Anyway, I I'm sorry. Car. I'm sorry. I keep trying to make it funny when I should be trying to make it good. So can you continue with you? continue. With <laughs> Continue with your thing.
1: (laughs) But so he, his wife tells him uh, or says like, if you were in that bank over there and there was a bank robbery going on, but your car was parked in the 15-minute zone, like how would you get out? Mm -hmm. And that is the opening scene of this book is Mm -hmm. the characters, I think it might, I can't remember if all four of them are there or if it's just Marv and Ed, Mm -hmm. but they are in a bank and... A bank robbery is going on. A very kind of Cohen Brothers comedy of errors bank robbery is happening, <laughs> and uh, Marv's crappy car is parked outside in a like a fifteen minute zone. So he's mm-hmm. eager to get back there so that he doesn't get a ticket, and so they're mouthing off to the bank robber. Ultimately, uh, Ed gets like picked up by the bank robber and dragged outside. And the bank robber sees that his getaway car has left him behind. So he runs to Marv's car and tries to, like, you know, jack it and steal it. Mm -hmm. But he drops his gun and Ed picks it up and then goes and, like, he, he shoots at the guy. Like, not to hurt him, but just, like, shoots out Marv's car window to, like, scare the guy until the cops show up okay and then you know then he's branded like a hero in his small little town for foiling a bank robbery Mm -hmm. and at the trial for the guy who was being sent to prison he looks at uh ed and he's like when i look you know i look at you or when you look in the mirror you you'll see a dead man and he thinks it's like a like a threat on his life. Mm-hmm. But I, it's really about like a, it's like a ghost thing, right? <laughs> no, it's really about like, a are you as a person awake to the world and like connected to that, that is ultimately what the book is about is about like, are you connected to people? Are you mm-hmm. existing in society? It and, does
0: definitely, like if you said that to somebody in that context though, it does definitely seem like I'm yeah, going to find you and kill you. That like is definitely a, okay. what it sounds like. Right. Only in a John Green esque book could be could that be like, hey man, you got to examine the way you're living your life, you know? Yeah, no, for mm-hmm. real.
1: And when you're reading the book, you're like, well, this guy is definitely gonna come back and try to kill this kid. Like that mm-hmm. is the vibe I got. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Inciting incident number two is he gets an envelope in the mail with an ace of diamonds in it, mm-hmm. and it has three addresses written on it. Okay. So this becomes the like the main structure of the novel is he gets, over the course of the novel, he gets four ace cards delivered to him through various means. Mm-hmm. The ace, first it's diamonds, then it's clubs, then it's spades, then it's hearts.
0: And he only gets the aces?
1: He only gets the aces. Okay. And each one has either, like, the first one has three addresses on it. The second one has, like, a weird, like, almost riddle that sends him to a stone that has names carved in it. The third one has, I think, references to authors that he winds up checking out of a library and finds addresses re- like, re- like somebody wrote in the books that- so that he knows what addresses to pull out. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one has movie titles and actors in those movies have names that correspond to the to the people he needs to go so he needs to each time he has three houses or people that he needs to find and like he's the messenger so Mm -hmm. he has to go interact with them and he doesn't know what he's supposed to do Mm -hmm. he just has to go there okay and he'll sometimes get a weird phone call and be like you got the card or, like, th- he's not, like, he doesn't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. but now he has some sort of, like, solemn charge.
0: And how, just, like, in terms of the magnitude of the, like, events that he is going to mm. go influence or change or whatever, like, how big are the, like, how important to the people who he's going to, to tend to are the events? Like, are are they, like, life and death? Are they, like... Romance like is it what what explain to me?
1: I'm so glad you asked this question, okay, great because
0: i'm I'm happy when you're it happy. is
1: <laughs> it is everything from buying a lady ice cream to stopping a man from like raping
0: his wife Gee okay, all right, I was gonna. If you're only going to use the aces and you're not going to do like a one card for every week sort of construction. Oh,
1: this like that is a way that you could structure a TV show. Right. Is like every week you get a new card, You get
0: another card, and like you get the seven of clubs and you just have to like help a guy like order a different sandwich because he's going to order the the, the sandwich at the restaurant that he thinks he wants. He's going to have a bad time. Like not everything needs to be super high stakes. You just do like a. My name is Earl style thing where you go around like helping people out. So it does. (laughs) Overall, this book has like
1: uh, an Amelie. My name is Earl, like guardian angel type vibe in that he is inserting himself into random people's lives. He is ostensibly making their lives better. Mm -hmm. There's one or two where I'm like, not sure or at least like you can maybe quibble with his methods. Uh, I mean, I
0: know if I was if I was given a basic set of information and it showed up somewhere and was like I'm here to help, like I I do I don't think I would be 100% effective in terms of like making the situation better. And
1: I will give the book credit for that is that it isn't he doesn't get a list of like what to do. He gets go to this place or find this person and then In sort of, I'm going to say this thing that makes it sound cheaper, but I think it does actually work in the book. It sort of feels like you're interacting with characters in a video game where, like, every character has one thing. Like, Uh that is their side quest. Mm -hmm. And so you talk to them and they only talk about, like, two or three things and you link them into whatever it is they need. Uh huh. Um, So, like, the first three things he gets in the diamonds, he gets... Um, An old woman who is sort of senile and her husband died, you know, 50 or 60 years ago. And so when he goes and visits her, uh, she thinks he's her husband and he just spends quality time with her. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. And Mm -hmm. what is interesting is the book lets him maintain many of these relationships throughout the novel. So, like, it's not just, oh, he spends time with her and yes he's done that subquest but like he still goes back and pretends to be jimmy to hang out with this old lady right he sometimes. meets he
0: meets ace of club lady but it's not like he yeah he he solves whatever her thing is and then he never needs and then to go back disappears. there again yeah. because she keeps repeating the same like two lines of dialogue to him over and over no, and again no yes they get to okay. persist which is kind mm-hmm. of neat
1: mm-hmm. um the the second one is a a girl in high school who is a track runner and she likes to run barefoot, uh, and when he sees her at a on track. A track? Field, well, she likes to jog barefoot, like mm-hmm. around the neighborhood, to stay mm-hmm. in shape.
0: No, that and seems worse well, than doing it on the track. You're right. I
1: think I but think you're I mean, right.
0: maybe I'm just thinking about streets in uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yeah. They're outside of the like ten blocks that they street sweep in Center City. Where fair enough doing that's a great way to get like a the lid of a pineapple can embedded in your heel. Uh,
1: it's not. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like it as an idea.
0: <laughs> okay. um, but he he sees her at a
1: track meet. She comes in second, and so uh, you know, and he's gotten to know her a little bit. And so he goes up to her house, and her dad answers the door, and he's like, "Hey, I brought Sophie something. I brought her some shoes, and it's an empty shoebox." And so she runs. Oh, no. the next, she runs the next track meet with no, oh, no. shoes, and she Ernest,
0: Ernest Hemingway sold my shoes. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and she wins the tra- the next track meet with no shoes on, and mm-hmm. it's like a whole thing, and mm-hmm. that's kind of cute. Okay, mm-hmm. now the thing is. His first assignment, he went to the house where the drunk, the perennially drunk husband, is coming home, and abusing his wife, and their daughter is scared. And he's like, "Hey, I am not going to be reductive here." He's like, "Hey, I'm not high enough level to deal with this quest." He's like, "This is scary. This I is don't know do if this is this above my pay grade." So he goes and does the old lady quest and the barefoot runner quest first. And then he comes back. I did okay, see some people like, waited like yes, exactly. What? Okay, I did, I did see some critiques of this section being like Ed, you let this go on for a few yeah. more weeks.
0: Like okay, this one where I could have material actually materially actually helped this person. I'm gonna put this one on the back burner and go do the like yeah. you'll win your high school track meet yes. one
1: like, he's because on. he's scared to confront this man. Um, I
0: mean, fair enough, but it's not like. Yeah. Again, it's not like a Super Nintendo RPG where these characters are just NPCs who will remain inert when you leave the room. Like, no, it's like bad stuff is happening when you're off, like, doing your dumb other, like, sub quest thing. It's
1: a thing that I I think the book. Zuzak does his best to, like, give voice to that remorse and tension over the fact that he is letting this happen. But it is not. It is. it is not what the book is mostly concerned about. So, I, sorry, I think,
0: little girl, I have to go give somebody an empty box. Yeah, if you are, if, <laughs> don't worry if, about your mom and dad. I'll be back later when I feel like. If it, it is, if that is
1: a, your reaction to this passage of the book, I think that is very valid. Um, <sighs> he does. Cu- oh, that's right. A gun arrives in his mailbox from oh, whoever is sending him the cards.
0: What act is it that the gun shows up in?
1: In the first act. In the first, uh oh, and he uses it in the first act. Chekhov be oh, wow. danged, wow. yeah. All right. Um. So he does go and he picks up this drunk husband in his cab, and he takes him somewhere and he scares the bejesus out of him with the gun. And he could have killed him, but he doesn't. Instead, he just scares him.
0: Okay. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Breaking Bad. I know that this that it can work. I, I know that it doesn't work. So
1: well, it it
0: works in this book. Sure. I mean um, for the duration of time that we'd see. Yes, I guess.
1: Um and then uh, and so then he has like solved the first package package of quests and like two guys show up in his house and beat the crap out of him and they're there apparently as part of whatever this messenger system is. I'm reading <laughs> this book and I don't know what is going on. Like okay. I'm like okay. kind of confused like who is sending the cards In the same way that Ed is, like what is happening? Mm -hmm. Um, It'll get broken up with like scenes with him hanging out with his friends. He's not really telling them about what's going on and that's kind of like telling a story about him growing a little bit apart from them. Mm -hmm. The tension of all four of them kind of being townies and no one having a plan to get out or do something better and he's maybe doing something better with his life. Who knows? Um, The second group of cards he befriends a pastor who no one comes to his church so he and his friends uh throw a meet a priest day free beer party and everybody turns out for the rager and comes to church and then like some people start coming back to the church later and like that's you know it's pretty fun okay uh he. That's when he meets the single lady who has three, two or three kids, and she always buys them ice cream, but she never buys herself ice cream. So he buys her ice cream to make her feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe she,
0: a, maybe maybe she's lactose intolerant.
1: Ed. Now, it, he, he has observed her multiple <laughs> times, and she seems to have remorse about not buying herself ice cream. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. She accepts it without any problems.
0: So I mean, as knows. somebody who's relatively recently has Uh-oh. developed lactose intolerance, oh, no. like I can look wistfully at an ice cream cone without wanting somebody to buy me one.
1: <laughs> all of these cards involve him being like, I'm going to kind of tail this person for a while. Mm-hmm. And just make a I, bunch of
0: assumptions about.
1: Until yeah. I find out what their deal is. And there mm-hmm. is always a specific deal for him mm-hmm. to find. Th- this will factor into the twist later, I think. Um, there's a boy that who who fights with his brother all the time. And so Ed Beats this kid up. Are dead? What the? F- <laughs> he beats this kid up and then calls the brother and is like, "You gotta save your brother. He's in the bushes." I beat him up, and then he, the and then he's like, "Oh great, I solved the quest." And the whoever runs the quest because he doesn't really know, they're like, "No, nah, not yet." And then six guys jump him in an alleyway and they're like, "This is for beating up my brother." And he's like, "Oh, thanks. Yes, beat me up, please. Uh, I deserve it because <sighs> that was part of my quest." Um. Then there is a whole there's a whole scene where he helps Marv by playing in like a weird annual football game, and he keeps referring to a big guy as uh, Mimi from the Drew Carey show. I didn't like that part.
0: That I didn't, maybe I, I mean didn't I enjoy don't, that part. Maybe you're just telling it to me bad, but I don't like any of these parts. <laughs> didn't it's, dig I'm it i'm so upset about
1: every single scenario that you've described to me um the okay here's what i'll say the track scene was kind of was kind of wholesome the hanging out with the old lady was pretty sweet i like that stuff um the stuff in the spades section where there's a this really nice family who doesn't have a lot of money and he, he they like kind of see him like, watching them, and they're like, what's your deal? And he's like, he lies and says he used to live in their house or something. And they can tell that he's just kind of a loner, and they don't believe his lie, but they take him in and give him, like, dinner and stuff like that. Like, so that's they, really sweet. They
0: give him, but they give him something, huh? Yeah. I was going to say, oh, yeah, he does something super, like, condescending and superficial to, to, like, quote, fix their problem. But, no, he goes and takes resources from the poor family. Okay, cool. Good job, Ed.
1: Then one of the children is like, "Hey, my dad always puts up cool Christmas lights and their cool Christmas lights are very busted." And uh-huh. so Ed gets them better Christmas lights oh, for good. their house and he puts Great. them up for them.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And they're like, "Wow, no one and no one in this community has been willing to help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you
0: so much." It's very and now you're going to come back down and take you're going to come back out and take them down and like No. Twist him up so that like, come on, Ed, are you gonna like continue to (laughs) you gonna continue to help or you just you spent forty dollars and now you're set?
1: Um He does go to a restaurant and he doesn't know who he's looking for, and his mom sits down at a date. And this (sighs) is one of the ones that is like like the one where he just beats somebody up is kind of like not I mean,
0: heartwarming. You said somebody, and I need you to say he beats a child up. I, I don't know, that chi- I don't remember the how way you young des- he was. The way you described it to me, he beat up a child. I think
1: they were teens. Hmm.
0: Okay, what, what, what teen were they? <laughs> because well, that's, there's, that's one, a, there's that is one. a weird
1: vibe that the book has where like. Ed is nineteen, and so when he's interacting with actual teens, he doesn't actually feel that different from them.
0: Mm. Well, that's not how the law sees it, but no, anyway. it is not. <laughs> go, dude, go, go for it! You're totally Continue. right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees his mom at a restaurant on a date. He can. Conf- he and his mom have a bad relationship. She's always really, really mean to him. It sounds like
0: he needs more people to be mean to him. I'm so, I'm really not into Ed as described by you in this podcast. I apologize because
1: right I did I didn't hate Ed. I, he is aware of his flaws. He is looking to help people, even though he doesn't really know why. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not necessarily a like. He, he isn't an amazing person like that is kind of the point is that he is this slacker doesn't know what to do with his life definitely has a weird relationship with his friend Audrey that he should really back off on but mm-hmm. you know whatever Uh is close to his friends Marvin Richie, but like in a 19 year old way so he doesn't really know how to talk to them as people mm-hmm. Um and so it is a book about Ed just, like, learning to connect with people in, in all the ways that are good and bad and messy. Uh, and I, I found myself on his side even as I was like, I don't know about this, and I, I might have done this one differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, part, part of it, too, and I, I will not necessarily do a great job of this on the podcast, is I think Suzak's prose mostly accomplishes the like the good vibes that I have for this book where um I don't know like let me let me so you get this chapter that is and some people don't like this passage I think some people find it a little over saccharine I found it mostly fine um in that chapter where he like helps his family with their Christmas lights he says, as the kids dance around the front yard under the night sky and the lights, I see something. Lua and Marie are holding hands. They look like they're so happy. Just inside this moment, watching the kids in the lights on their old house, Lua kisses her just softly on the lips, and she kisses back. Sometimes people are beautiful, not in looks, not in what they say, just in what they are. And you're like, you get this picture of this 19-year-old guy being like, yeah, I guess people are not good, actually. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the Zusak does a lot of these like that is just a one page chapter there's a lot of line breaks that I couldn't really honor in my reading of that um but it like is striking and feels a little poetic and like that is the charm of this book that I can't really get across by being like yeah to help this one kid, he beat him up and put him in a bush and to help this other guy he kind of kidnapped him and held a gun to his head and said like stop doing that to your wife and then uh, later in the book, he needed to help an old man at a movie theater by watching a, a movie with his not girlfriend there. That's one thing he does. Um, he does yell at his mom for dating someone before his dad died and like cheating on his dad, and the two of them yell at each other a bunch. They like have a reconciliation a few months later that is like where she admits to like having trouble with him because she reminds him the he reminds her the most of his father Mm -hmm. and that's very complicated would you andrew the last card has three people that he needs to connect with who do you think they
0: are it's probably his three friends heck yeah okay
1: he does so he uncovers the mystery of marv's forty thousand dollars that he won't spend on anything Mm -hmm. i i by and large like the marv and richie passages here okay richie who's kind of
0: a wasteoid who which is what uh ed basically says to him as all guys named richie in popular media just yep. like uh-huh. canonically for are. real <laughs>
1: um he's like you're a wastoid. what are you doing with your life and richie is like hey can you just like hang out with me for the night like these are friends who don't necessarily do when they do one-on-ones there it's kind of like fraught and it's not very common yeah um So, like, to get these one-on-one sessions with them is very illuminating for everyone. And they, like, go and just, like, stand in a river and hang out for, like, an hour and a half. And Richie's Mm -hmm. like, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm doing. And uh, Ed's like, yeah, you should, like, do something with your life. Whatever you think is fine. Just do something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does seem to affect him. And that's kind of cool. The Marv section is that Marv slept with a girl and got her pregnant and her family left town because they were so ashamed. And so Marv has been socking away money to like give to his kid, even though he's never met his kid. Um, And so Ed helps him like stand up to the, to the girl's dad, just be like, Hey, this guy wants to like meet his kid or at least do right by his kid. Like, that's not worth like completely cutting him out, and then the you know he gets to meet his kid. It's very it's very sweet. The Audrey thing is like fine. He's like, listen, I know the Audrey has a boyfriend throughout the book, who seems
0: fine. Of, cor- of, of course, of course, because it's a it's a nineties slash mid two thousands thing. So we have to rom com type thing. So she has to be dating some dumb guy who He's we not- have to hate.
1: We don't. It's it's like he's actually fine.
0: He's just yeah. Fine. But we but we still have to hate him at some level because we want our protagonist to, to get we the We have girl. to be we yeah. have to be rooting against this other person, so that Ed can and I didn't, kiss who he wants to kiss. I
1: think I like this passage a little less in retrospect because they the two of them did get a happy ending. I kind of expected them to not get a happy ending. Uh, the way what he gives Audrey is like. Kinda like three minutes. He like come he like goes to her house and like puts a song on the radio and they just kinda like vibe for a few minutes.
0: Okay. Garden State. Yeah, it is kind of a Garden Statey thing. I feel like oh, I'm. I'm sorry. I we need to like have our next show meeting. Just like pick a year, sometime in like the mid to late 2010s, and say no more references from before. before this no, year. It's, you know, listen. We are who we are. No um, more. My name is Earl. No more Garden State.
1: But the the vibe is that he's like, I'm gonna put this song on, and the book is very pointedly not gonna tell you what the song is. Um and the two of them. It's Lincoln and, it's
0: Link- Park. It's it is definitely Lincoln Park. Just like, just like Stephanie Meyer, it's Lincoln uh-huh. Park. Uh mm-hmm.
1: huh. Uh, and the two of them get to feel like this like very powerful connection. And he's like, I'm gonna let her feel how she wants to feel about me for these few minutes, and then I'm gonna leave. And I honestly thought that's kind of where they were gonna end. And I kind of i i liked that a bit more as an ending to their story than what happens which is my read on it was that ed was like she's never going to be with me because she's scared of like she she doesn't ever want a real relationship or whatever she wants is not the version of relationship i'm gonna have so like let me just put that in front of her for a few minutes and then we'll be done and we'll never talk about it again i thought Mm -hmm. that's kind of what was happening at the end of the book they do get together and i didn't really know what to do with that but whatever we have okay. to get to the part, clearly
0: there's, what you've been there's thinking. There's still more to go. This- <laughs> okay. Clearly what have been thinking this whole
1: time, Andrew. Wrap it up. Who is sending these cards? Where are they coming from? What is Who is picking these people for him mm-hmm. to interact with? Mm-hmm. Where are these lists of houses coming from? Yeah,
0: what, what person is inflicting Ed on all of these
1: poor people? <laughs> and Ed is wondering that, too. He's like, where mm-hmm. is this coming from? I don't really know. I know I'm supposed to deliver these messages, and I'm supposed to help these people. But I have no idea why like people the other people who are clearly not behind it will like show up and beat him up or will show up and deliver messages. And he's like kind of really confused. End of the book. Guy gets in his cab, makes him drive to all the addresses of all the people he's helped. The person in the cab is the guy who is robbing the bank. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, well, that's weird. And then the last address that the guy wants to go to is Ed's address. At his own house.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And in the house is just a guy. And he's like, hey, Ed. And Ed's like, who are you? And he's like, I... Okay, so this is like spoilers for the book. If you're like, uh, let me go... If if somehow my telling of the book has made you curious... Because uh, I did like this book. And I I feel like I have presented a version of it that is... A more odious than I think the book actually is mm-hmm. um, because I think the themes of, Hey, help people in your community. Hey, uh, connect with other people as if they're real people are good. I do think that is a the, something that, that is of value of this book. I think in practice, what Ed does is kind of messy and not great. And maybe you shouldn't emulate Ed all the time, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean the themes are bad. Okay. Um, the end of this book he's in his house and this guy is there mm-hmm. and he has a folder mm-hmm. of all the things that Ed has been doing and information on all the people and he even has written down the conversation that Ed and them are having right then okay. and he says it was about a year ago and I saw your father buried I saw you in your card games and your dog and your ma. I kept coming back watching the same way you did at all those addresses. I killed your father, Ed. I organized the bungled bank robbery for a time when you were there. I instructed that man to brutalize his wife. I made Daryl and Keith do all those things to you and your mate who who took you to the stones. I did it all to you. I made you a less than competent taxi driver and got you to do all those things you thought you couldn't. If a guy like you can stand up and do what you did, then maybe everyone can. Maybe everyone can live beyond what they're capable of. Who do you think this is, Andrew?
0: I don't know. Like it's I don't his
1: dad. That's what he thinks first in a previous scene. Uh-huh. But no, remember in the in the folder
0: their conversation is
1: is written down.
0: It's like him time travel from the future.
1: I I believe it is the author Marcus Zusak in the book.
0: Stupid. All right. Okay. I'm glad you read this one. (laughs) I don't know how I. I'm mad. I'm so mad. Not. I'm contact mad from all the things that you've told me about this book.
1: (laughs) I don't know that I. I don't know how I feel about this because I spent most of the book like somebody reviewing the TV show referenced it as like. They couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be like realist drama or magic, like teenage magical realism kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And that is a tension I had with the book throughout. I have heard, I've read some people describing the ending as kind of a cop-out because it does absolve the world of the book of having an explanation for anything that was going on. hmm It's, I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you have on people's takes on the book that maybe we should dive into here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to belabor this. I you know, I'm I'm probably using belabor wrong. I, I can never keep that, that's one of the ones where like unlike erstwhile where I know the the thing and I always use it right. Uh belabor is the one that I don't know. But I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this on these what's uh, what, it's, uh Three-star Goodreads reviews, because they're pretty much all just the, the reactions I've been having in real time, as you've told me the stuff that this character does. Whether you like this book or not appears to come down to whether you care for Ed or not. Mm, sure. Uh, so, uh, Alien alienor <laughs> They say, uh, they like the writing as short sentences aside, but quote, I was less impressed with the constant undercurrent, undercurrent of sexism. Didn't like the cop-out ending, uh, developed and developed an annoyance slash love slash hate relationship with Ed, the main character. Chantal says the story is moving the message, beautiful, and the character is interesting and complex. It is also often very humorous and ended up making me smile and even laugh many times. Uh, do not go into this expecting it to be like the book thief. The two books are nothing alike and you will be disappointed. The one relationship I wasn't a big fan of was the romance. It was very tame, almost bland, did nothing for me. This may very well be due to the fact that I didn't like the love interest. Uh, Joe says, I loved Ed at first. He was sarcastic, funny, self deprecating, and he ticked all my boxes. Uh, but as the book went on, I found it more and more difficult to sympathize with him. He's one of those characters that are ridiculously slow at getting the gist of things. And you just want to reach in and shake them by the collar and be like, why don't you get what's happening yet? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Warda says, not as great as I thought it would be. I had high hopes just because it's Marcus Zuzak, And in no way did I come into this novel expecting something along the lines of the book thief. Um, While well, I appreciate the overall message and sentiment of the book, I didn't click with it. The premise was too unrealistic and not impactful in any way. The characters fell flat. I didn't care for them at all. Not, neither was I rooting for their successes. Uh, so, like, do you like Ed? Do you, like, how much, like, the book thief are you expecting this to be? Do you like the core relationship? Like, it's just, do you vibe with it or not? Yeah. Is the, is the thing. And you seem like you're mostly vibing with it. These I was- people in vibe i was mostly vibing with it
1: i i am i didn't find the audrey stuff amazing and that was like the the running current of the book that was not clicking for me Mm -hmm. i the parts of ed where you're like wow this is what you're choosing to do for this assignment Mm -hmm. like in retrospect i know most of them sound pretty bad Mm -hmm. uh but in practice through Zuzok's pros and just kind of like this is a flawed person trying to figure it out. I was on board for the ride anyway. Um, in There are a lot of this, like this kind of slacker protagonist is not uncommon. And I, maybe it was because of the group that he was set in with Marvin Ritchie and how he was kind of a foil to them or the way that he was willing to and able to kind of meet and identify with some of these characters like, I found him, like, I wanted things to work out for him. You know, I wasn't like, oh, God. uh, Uh I can see why people might be. Uh Um, And I do think it is a, like, I don't know. It feels like he was interested in a book that is about keeping your heart and mind open to the needs of people around you. And just, like, you see someone on the street. And you just think like one level deeper about what is going on with them. And he was like, I want to write a book about that. And then he had to come up with a book about it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like uh-huh. the I was so waiting for whatever mystical behind the curtain thing to drop that the meta fiction stuff really threw me, and I still don't know how I feel about it. I think
0: it sounds like so much of this is grounded in like super mundane stuff, and then you have this big, weird existential wall-breaking thing happen right at the end, and, and maybe it's a little tonally inconsistent.
1: It just feels very jarring, especially because it doesn't, doesn't really, I don't know, it, it, it feels like parts of the book were, were written without that in mind, if that makes sense. Like he had a cool idea for how this i like, I'll,
0: I'll figure I'll figure out who's sending the cards later.
1: Yeah. And and honestly, like I don't know. That that might be kinda of what he was saying when he's like this book was left less worked over than my other books, where it's just like, I don't know, I had an idea where this kid would go help people, and then I had to come up with a thing later so how he could help people. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I dug it, but I get why people
0: might not dig it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's just the type of just the the even the empathy empathy is good thing. I feel like if you don't have more to say than that, then I kind of I I lose patience with that as like an end unto itself. You know, like sure. have somebody demonstrate empathy being good in the context of like a more interesting story and not just have it be like a bunch of mildly nice things that happen to some people. But what? that's that's probably me being. Uh, curmudgeonly and and too demanding of of the author. I, I guess I don't know
1: what maybe may have worked better for you is if instead of like twelve different character relationships that he built, he had maybe six. Because I think the relationships that he has with like the two people in the first section that kind of filter into the rest of the book, and then the relationship with his friends are mostly pretty good or interesting. But the middle section where it's like, I bought a lady ice cream. I beat up a kid. I bought this family Christmas lights. That's like a little too whiz bang for yeah, what I like think a, is working in the rest of the novel.
0: I mean, maybe it either need, it either needs to go smaller or it needs to go bigger to the full 52 card deck. Sure, and it needs yeah. to be like a manic, like Groundhog Day-esque thing sure. where he's just trying to like that 100% the day and just like help everybody. If you help like a hundred people in little tiny ways, then that feels like something. If you kind of barely manage to do it for like four people, it feels less like something. Sure. I don't know. Like if you're doing it on a big enough scale, it feels more like not only are you saying something about empathy being good, you're saying something about like community being good and something about like the, the nature of like connecting to, other humans and like maybe there's an element of that here but it's i don't know i think
1: yes and this will be my last point i think what he i think what zuzak is up to is that he thinks that some of these little moments are just as important as kind of a like wow i had no idea this is what my friend was going through moments Mm -hmm. because i think marv is the best of the three friend angles and i like contrast that with he bought a lady ice cream to like make her feel valued where like he uncovered Marv's secret kid and helped him like actually connect with that whole part of his life and whatever. And then he made a mom feel good about herself for a day. And they like, that's going to stay with her, I guess. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in Zuzak's worldview, like all of that is useful and you should keep yourself open to being that helpful to everyone in your life. However you're able that's the message of the book I think and I the meta fiction thing does the thing where like the book is what Zuzak is able to do to be helpful is yeah. to like inspire you to do this in your own life because even if this cabbie can do it so can you
0: yeah and maybe some of what I'm I'm responding to also is like all the most of the good stuff it seems like he does is all like in the band-aid genre like it, it seems it is like a little bit yeah and you know that th- there's not. I mean, it's probably, I guess, good that there's not some like the messenger. I am the messenger too. Where he goes and revisits these people after a year, when like the one, the the, the good vibes from the one ice cream cone have worn off, <laughs> and this woman maybe needs like something else the b- to the b- to help her yeah. like shoulder her load. That's more substantive than that. Maybe maybe that's what I what I want is like yeah. It's it's great that you made. These people feel better in like some fleeting way where they're like seen or whatever but and it's and it does it's not to say that those things aren't worth doing, but also how do we consider the underlying like problems and how do we address those i don't I don't
1: know. I don't know. he made an abusive husband go away forever, but then also just kind of spent some time with an old lady mm-hmm. and like, yeah, to your point, the book is like just go do stuff, I don't know if it's good, it's good, do it, sure. And it, it doesn't really have an answer for like how you weigh them against each other, and that's just not what it's concerned with. Mm-hmm. So um, but that's that's the messenger slash I am the messenger. Well,
0: thank you for being the messenger.
1: Happy to have been the messenger. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. If you, the listener at home, uh have a message you'd like to send to us, you can do it overdupod at gmail.com. That's our email address. You can send it there. You can find us at Overdue Pod on social media. Thanks to Aaron, Becca, Michelle, Mona, Amber, Juliana, Marilyn, Bronwyn, Matt, Aubrey, Katie, Garrett, and more for reaching out in the past week. Nick Larangis composed our theme music. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do
0: they go? OverduePodcast.com is our internet website. We have links to the books that we have read and are going to read that you can click if you want. You read along. It's great. It's fun. Everybody should do it. Patreon.com slash is our Patreon project. Uh support the show financially there. You get access to our Discord server, get bonus episodes early, uh, get access to our long read episodes early. Uh this month we're gonna start in on our long read of Emily Wilson's The Iliad, kind of a sequel series to our uh our series. <laughs> 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 about her The Odyssey translation uh, a few years ago. I, th- I'm, I think we're both looking forward to that a lot. Uh, I think that's I think that's all I got. Uh, next week, we are reading Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson with the folks from the Strong Sense of Place podcast. Yeah. Uh, we recorded that uh, like a week and a half ago, a couple weeks ago, and it was a really good time. I The book is wild, and I had a good time chatting with them about it our our own vegas experiences with the conversation kind of ranged all over the place so yeah, yeah it was a good time yeah all right everybody uh craig you got anything else we good
1: um i am the messenger
0: you sure are buddy you sure are all right everyone. <laughs> until we send you another message that next week please try to be happy <laughs>
1: Ose was a headgum podcast.